0: Hey, it's your buddy Brando. Before we jump into today's awesome chat with the mighty Patton Oswalt, let me just say, if you're new to the show, why not scroll through the master list of guests where you'll find such heavy hitters as Dionne Warwick, Black Francis from the Pixies, Keith Morris from the Circle Jerks, Jimmy Pardo, Paget Brewster, Catherine Hahn, Brian Pissain, Jillian Vigman, Jamie Denbo, Matt Walsh from Veep, the great Brian Stack from The Colbert Show, Rob Benedict, Dave Holmes, and so many more amazing people. Just wanted to take a little time to make that plug. So without further ado, here's Patton Oswald. Cats and kittens, we are back with another very special stay at home self quarantine episode of the Brando cast. You know, the first time I saw uh, my guest today was at a little coffee shop on Hillhurst in Los Feliz Village called the Onyx. Oh, good lord. That night, I truly believed that I was seeing one of the greatest comic minds that I'd <laughs> ever seen in my life. Not long after that, I saw the same. Stand-up comedian at Pedro's on Vermont in the same little trust fund village of Los Feliz, which back in the day was not really like that. No. Sadly, I never saw that stand-up comedian ever again. He vanished. Whoa. He didn't have the chops to climb to the top of the mountain. Oh, it's so tragic. I think he ended up working at Video Journeys in Silver Lake oh. next to the Gilsons, mm-hmm. which sadly went out of business a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what this guy is up to, but I'm happy to have him on the Brando cast today. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you failed comic yes,
1: Patton Oswalt. Oh, it's so good to talk to another human. It's so wonderful to actually talk face to face. I've been doing freelance telemarketing for the last two
0: days,
1: <laughs> um, and it's been—you know—it just—it's these disembodied voices. I don't know if I'm doing any good. You know, I'm just trying to get people to—you uh, know—sign up for some really low-cost uh, beepers. Still trying to sell beepers through telemarketing. Um, Beepers—they're <laughs> hanging on. They are hanging on. Uh, In 1993,
0: uh, this is a true story, in 1993, I had not a penny to my name, Mm -hmm. and I answered an ad in the back of Variety for telemarketing, and I ended up at a little bullshit brick building off San Fernando Road in Glendale. Oh, wow. Nondescript, not marked, not anything. I walk in, there's four people sitting at like, picnic tables inside this building calling people about nail products. I did it about for about two hours, then I got up and left, and no one said anything.
1: Wow. <laughs> I'm sure, well, a couple things. I have passed many of those windowless brick buildings on San Fernando Road in, in Glendale, always wondering what's going on in there. Obviously, it's a boiler room situation where they're just cold calling people. I bet that happens a couple times a week. Someone, some young uh, hopeful comes and sits and they just watch him. go. yeah, he's about to break. Uh, there he goes. There he goes. <laughs> Going the day, two hours. And there's the veterans that are there all the time with their, probably their giant, like big gulp thing. And for some reason they've trained themselves not to pee. And go, he can't do it. He ain't going to make it.
0: <laughs> and I, you know, I was I was so filled with piss and vinegar. I'd come to Los Angeles to conquer this city. And there I was like,
1: nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, there were many, many, many shitty jobs back in the day. But um, truly, dude, I, I first of all, I cannot believe that you have time to chat silliness with somebody like me, oh, you have, it's all things and Oswald right now. There's so much goddamn shit going on.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, how are you not falling apart? Well, a lot of it is just, it's just appearances. I do a lot of stuff, you know, kind of staggered. And then for some reason it all comes out at the same time, but it's not like I'm constantly doing things piled on top of one another. It actually times out pretty well. The doing of it, it's the releasing of it that goes crazy. And then I'm suddenly promoting It's The promoting is actually ma- ma- way more work than me making it, 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 which is weird Weird enough. I love making stuff. It's the promoting. It. It's like, I did it. I Can't I stop talking about it? I'm done. You know, that kind of thing.
0: <laughs> so, you know, Amit Zappa and I have a, a radio show on Sirius XM, which you were so kind to to be on. Well, it's a great show. And we we get roped into some of these, you know, we just talked to Paul Stanley the other day. Whoa! And for both of us, we're both like fucking Kiss army members back to the like
1: late seventies. That you—that's know, how you lost your left leg, man. I know, <laughs> I know all about that. It was, I know. it was rough,
0: dude. I know. You know, fighting to get a copy of Dynasty after standing in line <laughs> at uh, <laughs> National Record Mart in, in uh, Mount Lebanon, Pennsylvania. But um, uh, the the crazy thing is, you know, when we get to talk to Paul, he's already sat through five or six Zoom interviews. That's, oh God! So you, you, sir. How I mean, is it is it just annoying talking to Z one hundred and then moving to some
1: podcasts and then you know what I mean? I mean you're sitting well, there you know, like like talking to a podcast like this where we're just sitting and talking about one kind of fun esoteric subject. That's one thing. It's the it's the when you have a day of promo and you wanna be good on these shows, but it's 20 shows stacked up and it's you know, they each get five minutes and it's kind of be, because of the nature of what it is it's the same question tell us about the new show you know and you don't want to be rude. <laughs> but after like the eighth or ninth one you're like i do what do you want me to say for god's sake you know and everyone wants their soundbite and then and what's even worse is sometimes in the middle of the 20 there's someone who they're trying to get you to say something that they can then try to make go viral like they'll tr- they'll ask you about some controversial thing that's going on, hoping that you'll say something that they can then lead the article with or try to get trending. And then she got to be, and then because you're eight or nine interviews in and, and you're kind of frustrated, you're got to be careful not to snap and just say something crazy. You know, it, the whole thing is Patton says Kevin tech. Feige is a fucking asshole. You don't want it. Yeah. And, and they're looking for that or they're looking for something out of context, you know, <clears throat> like, like, like saying, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, um, I, I can't even think right now, but it's that it's that whole thing of of get him to say something that we can then try to get clicks on.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. Well, you know, well, you know we, we we tried to get Paul Stanley to say that Gene is a fucking asshole, but he wouldn't
1: take the bait. <laughs> he's too you know, and he's played that game too long. Yes, he has. Yeah.
0: No, you know, and for us, it's easy because, you know, the Zappa thing is an icebreaker. It, it everyone turns out to be a fan. We we talked to the Bacon Brothers and r- right away the, the older Bacon Brothers like, well, you know, I saw your dad in 1972 and it changed my oh. life. And do you know what I mean? So it's easy. So the icebreaker is right there. But That's but great. I just want to say for you, sir, I have seen you so many times, whether it was in Pedro's, whether it was <laughs> in uh fucking Largo back in the day. um, And so it's just so fun to see uh, you know, you atop the mountaintop right now because uh, you know you're you're the fucking best, and you know, Modoc, insane last Netflix special, insane. Could you just tell me about the fucking podcast with Meredith Salinger?
1: Well, we have this amazing new podcast that we love doing called um, "Did You Get My Text?" and it's basically um, two people who live in a house together and we text all day, and so this is like a I don't know what we it's just what we do and um you know I'm in my office doing work she's either in the backyard or or doing work in her office so we will text each other or you know one of us is now finally out working because we can actually leave the house now because the pandemic is slowly calming down um and then we just go over the texts and what does this mean what and we and it leads us down these weird esoteric pathways well, I remember last night we were lying in bed and she was like lying on her side, doing stuff, but like facing away from me. And I was on my back, like looking at tech and I, w- I was, finding really cool pictures. I'm like, Oh my God, look at this, look at this. And then she would turn. And then after like four of them, she was like, could you just text those to me? Cause I'm, I i don't want to turn and look like I'm trying to do my Like the, 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 the act of turning to look at me, she's like, just text it to me. And I'll look at it on my phone. It was so <laughs> Funny, like that's the point we've gotten to. It's hilarious. My uh, my girlfriend has been taking videos
0: of me snoring to to try to shame me into some sort of surgery that will, uh, you know, correct the the moose like uh, sounds that emit from my body uh, late at night. <laughs> it's a problem. It's a problem. Oh my god. Um, speaking of you, um, let me. I'm gonna tell you a, a quick story before we get into today's topic, which is the band Bleach. Yes. But uh, just a quick story. Oh, um, I've never neat. told this story on the, on the podcast before. Ooh. Let's cut to me circa this is got to be I would say the winter of 1988, January or February of 1988. Wow. I'm in school in Chicago and Ooh. I'm I'm I have befriended a woman who I I just thought was just a magical unicorn. She was from Los Angeles. Uh She was super new wave. She had a red BMW. Uh She was just groovy as all get out. She had these Lisa Loeb glasses long before Lisa Loeb had the glasses. Wow. Uh, She was just magical. And of course, like any sophomore in college uh, and a dude like me, a Van Halen fan like me, I was just madly in love with her. So one night in my silly fraternity, there's a party going on and she's there. And then I watch her disappear into a room owned by Mark Hightoff and Ron Kinesny. Now, Mark Hightoff and Ron Kinesny were the two most handsome men in my fraternity. They were in my same grade, but they were the kings of the world uh, to the point where they had uh, tricked out their fraternity room with hardwood floors and a giant aquarium. And their move back then was, do you want to see the aquarium? And women just, women wanted to see the aquarium because women wanted to hang out with Ron and Mark. So that young woman is in that room and I'm getting, I'm just getting nervous and frustrated. I was probably hammered as I usually was back then and getting mad because the woman that I was in love with was in a room with Mark and Ron. So I marched down the hall, I knocked on the door and they were in there. And they opened the door, and I was friends with them. They, I had bore them no ill will. And the woman looked at me, and I said, Hey, c- can I talk to you for a minute? Uh-huh. And she was like, Okay. And I marched her down the hall into my room, and uh, like any sophomore in the year of our Lord, 1988, I looked at her, and I said, I think I'm in love with you. The look back that I got in that moment was Uh, A look that basically said, you crazy bastard. That woman then didn't say anything, turned around, walked back down the hall and into Mark and Ron's room. We didn't talk for the rest of the year. That woman went on to study abroad her junior year. Thank God when she came back, there was a lot of water under the bridge and we became friends again and even went to see In Excess and Public Image Limited together. That girl became even more cool in the year that she was gone. This is a long way of saying that woman was your sister-in-law. What? (laughs) (laughs) Never told that story on the podcast (laughs) because I'm the pathetic chump in that story, but it was Eden Salinger. Whoa. In the year who in 1988 was just a magical super being. Oh, my
1: gosh. I can't wait to tell Meredith the story. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and she just, oh, dude, you said you, I, I think I love you. And then she, oh, no. Did you, I wonder if you made her leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. The, yeah. I'll never forget the look on her face.
0: It was just like, dude, come on. I really? Come on, man. Get your shit together. (laughs) Oh, dude. I'm so sorry. Yeah, in the moment, it was horrible. But again, we did become very good friends. And actually, when I first moved out here in the very early 90s, as she did, uh, she took me to see Nine Inch Nails Mm -hmm. long before anyone knew who they were at, like, some crazy fucking warehouse that I can't even find again. I know it was near Sunset and Western, but... She had her finger on the pulse of like what was cool because she she got a job working at uh, this club in Chicago shelter way back before uh, NBA stars started going there. But uh, so, uh, you know, this is also a weird way of saying, you know, when you and Meredith started your your sort of public uh, romance, I was like, holy fucking shit.
1: Wow. There's Aiden's
0: sister (laughs) going out with my favorite comedian. Oh,
1: my God. I will tell her this. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's crazy. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Well, she was a magic unicorn, as are you, sir, and 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 as is uh, the, the great Meredith Salinger. So can't wait to listen to that podcast. Yes, more importantly, I, let's talk about more fun shit today. Yes. Uh, when I asked uh, Mr. Oswald to come on the show, I said, what band do you want to talk about on the Brando cast today? So let's turn to our friend Wikipedia so we can read the following information about today's band. Yeah. Bleached is an American rock band consisting of sisters Jennifer and Jessica Clavin, and their sound is a mix of pop, post-punk, funk, and indie rock. The band was established in Los Angeles in 2011, and to date they've released three studio records, Ride Your Heart, welcome to worms and don't you think you've had enough all three bleached records have charted on some of billboards indie charts Patton oswald tell me about
1: bleached <coughs> um i, I bleached are uh, two uh sisters um and a drummer and uh, i uh, you know what i i and i why am i blanking on their names right now i, I love them so much um they started out in East L.A. bands. Um, they have never, ever written a bad or boring song. Uh, they, they just, they hit this sweet spot of kind of pop, post-punk, mid-90s. Um, uh, I can't even describe their sound. It's so gorgeous and then harsh and then rhythmic in the same oftentimes in the same songs, they remind me a lot of the buzzcocks where the buzzcocks were, you know, obviously trying to be punk and they were punk, but they could not hide the fact that they could write the catchiest songs on the planet. Um, and that's how, uh, bleached is. Oh, it's the Jennifer and Jessica Clavin or Clavin. Um, those are the two sisters. Uh, they were formerly of a band called Micah, uh, And it is, uh, I, it is just this perfect East LA summer sound. I cannot, um, I can't describe it any better than that. they they, they came out of Echo Park, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it just, it, it just, it, it, it is the best driving around LA music I've ever heard. I've I ever know. Heard. Okay. So
0: I, let me just, I'll <laughs> do this here, here. I, this is the first time on the Brando cast me record store nerd who didn't know about a band. And a lot of that is because I would say about 10 years ago, I dropped from exhaustion of being record store guy. Right. I was exhausted from a lifetime of being the guy that had to know about the band before it formed. Right. Who had to know about the band that was possibly meeting tonight that they would get together and I'm going to be the first person to have their seven inch. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, I spent, I was at Aaron's records on Highland know, yeah. five days a week. Uh, you know, Amoeba, if I visit a new city, I have to go to the cool record store in that city. But I, but I, I got exhausted. And so I was, my whole thing was like, okay, I'm done. No more new bands. I'm going to go back and I'm going to get into the turtles and the association and the birds now. And I'm going to listen to all the stuff they never played on the radio. Yeah. So I when I heard that song, Hard to Kill, I'm like, holy shit, that's the best song Duran Duran never recorded.
1: It is. Oh, yeah. All of their songs have this, oh, that was the missing link from that era. That's the missing link from the summer of 89. Um. Uh. Uh. Someone, uh, somebody uh, dial 911 is one of the best. New wave summer jams. It never was. It is the it, instantly catchy and instantly like, oh, that should have come out. That should have been Thompson Twins. But then, the, but then there's a REM feel to. I can't even see. Here's what I did. I also couldn't keep up with the. I was I was a very much an Aaron's Records guy, and you know wherever if I was on the road, I would where's the record shop? Who's playing? I'm very lucky that I'm friends with people like Blaine Capatch. Um, and th- that can always send me new music, like, check this out, you know, check out Bass Drum of Death, check out Carrion Crawler, check out Goat, check out Goat Girl. But I also would get my hair cut at Frankie's in Silver Lake. It's a record, it's a used record store, kind of thrift store, and then he has a barber chair in the back, and he cuts your hair. And he's always playing, and he also runs, that's where Six City Records is run out of. Um, <clears throat> it has now become just Six City Records. And so, like, and you sit in the chair, and he was always playing some band that he liked, um, either bands that he was that Six City were putting out, like the Cigarette Bums or Warm Soda. Uh, but I was in there one day, and he was playing Ride Your Heart. He he always has the record on, and I was instantly like, "What is this?" And he's like, "It's a band called Bleach. They're amazing." And so, thank you, um, Frankie's Barbershop and Six City Records, because he pointed me right to where I needed to be, and that. So that was how that that's been my like never fail gateway to great new music is Six city records. Well, and let me say, we-
0: fuck you. Let me say, g- thank you, Frankie's. And let me say, <laughs> fuck you, Rudy's for going out of business during the <laughs> pandemic, because now I don't have a place to get my hair cut. So maybe I have to go to Frankie's
1: go to Six City records in Silver Lake and sit in his chair. And, and, and now I go in and go, what's good. It's what's, what should I be listening to? And he'll tell his guy, put, put warm soda on. And then there's some, you know, um, but now I'm like, I'm just bleached all the way, whatever yeah. they have coming out. I'm ready. I mean, they they have never, <clears throat> my, my go-to album for sitting and writing was always Juliana Hatfield's Hey Babe. That, that to me is like a perfect album and it's still a perfect album, but, um, Ride Your Heart became my go-to sit and write album until Don't You Think You've Had Enough came out, which is now, Don't You Think You've Had Enough is... The, the way that they are evolving exponentially Album to album is insane Is insane you know. It's so exciting to get to listen to a band That is firing on every Friggin' cylinder And they
0: make really kickass videos too Which is yes. kind of amazing Because I had to go down the rabbit hole of Bleached You know when you said let's talk about Bleached And uh, I should know them But I don't So let me just read a little bit more Yes please Jennifer and Jessica Claven formed Bleach in Echo Park, as Pat said, back in 2011, not long after leaving the group, Mika Miko. Drummer Nick Pio joined the band in 2016. Soon after their formation, Bleach released three singles, Francis, mm-hmm. Carter, and searching through the past. Their first studio record, as Patton said before, Ride Your Heart, was released on April 2nd, 2013 by the indie label Dead Oceans. Ride Your Heart charted on the Billboard magazine Heat Seekers album chart, where it peaked at number 18. Could you do me a favor, and could you explain for the children of the world out there that might be listening to
1: this show, just give me Patton Oswalt's take on Echo Park. Echo Park is, um, kind of a, um, started off as a very low rent kind of artist community. It was where, um, the fringe of LA could go and kind of live. I think it's been a little bit gentrified as of late, unfortunately, but historically has hosted a lot of, uh, interesting artists, musicians, writers, um, filmmakers have all come out of uh, Echo Park and, um, and there's just a, there's a certain scene out there of small clubs, um, the satellite, the, oh my God, there's so many just on Sunset. The Echo. Though. Yeah, the Echo. And and that's where bands can just kind of come up and support each other. And I, I remember back in the day going to Mr. T's bowl and, and watching the Mash Notes um, and that whole scene of uh, just like micro bands, micro shows, just doing their own little thing and putting out their own albums. um, And it was, you know, just fantastic. The Eagles documentary
0: chronicles Jackson Brown and certain (laughs) members of the Eagles living together in Echo Park, which is always mind blowing.
1: Yes. Jackson Brown lived below Glenn Fry and um, uh, Don Henley and would wake up in the morning. They said they would hear him at 9am making his pot of tea and then just sitting there at a piano, just working Working, working a song until he made it work, and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's how you a song. It's just elbow grease. You gotta make it work, man." Yeah,
0: playing and, the and that, same piano over
1: and over, over and over, and over, and and they over again. Above that, and we're like, "Oh yeah, this guy. <laughs> th- this is how you do it." You know, they learned from Jackson Brown.
0: Do you remember? And did you ever way back in the day? Because again, the, the great thing about seeing some of the Blaine Patton, Paul yeah. Tompkins, Karen Kilgariff. Mary Lynn Rice Cobb uh, was seeing these guys in the nineties in the shitty neighborhoods of LA as they were like going from, you know, club to club and coffee house to coffee house uh, in these neighborhoods long before they gentrified and became uh, places where sitcom writers lived. Yes. Uh, Do do you remember any of those early shitty besides Mr. T's bowl, which was glorious uh, any shitty places like that over in that part of town?
1: I mean, I just remember going to, I would go see bands at people's house parties. I can't even remember the houses we were at, but like, that was a viable way for these struggling bands to make money. You'd go to some someone's pool party or something like that, and, and there'd be a band playing, and, and that was like, oh, that's who those people are. I can't even remember the parties, but it was all, especially in the summertime, it was, let's go, this person's having a party at their house. Someone who had gotten a TV deal or was a, had a steady writing gig had a house with a pool, and you would go to those, you know, like in, uh, in Boogie Nights, that, that pool party in the house where everyone's just hanging out, you know, trying to, I guess in their mind, they think they're networking, but you're just hanging out. <laughs> that's all you're doing and, and just seeing people and listening to music. Um, God, I can't even remember that. I mean, I, Mr. T's Bowl was a, was a really good mainstay, but it was, for me, it was just going to people's house parties. Wow. Yeah, you know? amazing. Um, I
0: got to see Tenacious D very early on at the Actors Gang. Wow, uh, which you know was you know they played the they played I think the first time they ever played they played uh, a fundraiser for the Actors Gang on the the old Actors Gang space on uh, Santa Monica and El Centro. Uh, wow, uh, back when uh, shows at the Actors if you went to a show at the Actors Gang, there was a very good chance your car was going to get broken into yeah. uh, before the end of the show. Yes. And and you would return to your car and and just see a a, a pile of glass on the street beside it.
1: Wow. Yeah. I I remember um, doing a gig in like 1994. It was like a daytime gig on a Saturday at Highland Grounds on (laughs) Highland. It was me, Tenacious D, and Sarah Silverman performing for like 12, like completely annoyed screenwriters at their laptops like <laughs> people putting earplugs in A couple of guys closing the laptops and leaving like my writing space has been disrupted by these clowns like it was <laughs> fickle, you know oh yeah sorry guys we're trying to make it you know but yeah I, I remember all those little moments just amazing you know well now highland now highland grounds now is cat
0: and the fiddle um, yes, highland people oh Look they back. moved
1: that that's where that's what it became
0: that's what it is right now. That's where the cat, well, the, the, whatever they're calling cat and fiddle is in the old Highland ground space right now.
1: Wow. I didn't know. Oh my God. I so swear to God. Cat and the fiddle survived ish,
0: <laughs> ish, yeah. but yeah, oh, no, it God. is. It has moved to that space where Highland grounds was not, not to nerd out on this kind of shit, but one of my favorite nights. And I truly think you were on the bill. I know Blaine was cause Blaine has been on this show twice. I yeah. know he was because he did the kitties on this night, but it was re- uh, another early time seeing Tenacious D at Pedro's on Vermont. Yep, and there were uh, only a handful of us uh, in the audience: uh, me, Andrea Bendewald, Joey Slotnick, and uh, and some of our friends. Oh my! And God. then the uh, the other two people in the room: Stiller
1: and Andy Dick. Yeah, I, I remember those. I remember nights like that where you, you it's like you were there at the beginning of something or are you are you there at this at a band's first and last performance <laughs> <laughs> they're like okay well we tried we're done
0: yeah no it's amazing i found i found an old flyer from the hbo workspace in 19 like 1999 oh, God. uh because i was a, i was a client of gersh back then and they were trying to make me do one-man shows mm-hmm. and it, it's the the flyer is like super nerds you and Brian, That's right? Jay Johnston in the days before uh, he was storming the Capitol. <laughs> oh, Me, Doug, Doug Benson doing some weed-related show, and then I think another Super Nerds uh, event. <laughs> wow. Do we do we have confirmation that that was Jay Johnston? Do we have any confirmation at all?
1: Unfortunately, I think we do, and I oh. wish we didn't. <laughs> I really wish we
0: didn't. Is there any chance that he was just there filming a bit? I, d- <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm uh, ready to join the other side. That's you know, it, it looks like a lot of fun. Oh yeah,
1: they're they're so they exude such joie de vivre. <laughs> Whenever they post themselves having fun to own the libs, you can just feel the smiles and the and just the laughter. It, it, it's never this weird forced fun coming out of them it's always oh no no we're really just embracing life and enjoying it <laughs> yeah.
0: bleached released another studio record welcome the worms on april 1st 2016 also on dead oceans the album peaked on the heat Seekers album chart at number 15 while it placed at number 46 on the independent albums chart the band's third studio record, Don't You Think You've Had Enough, was released on July 12, 2019. It was the first album the band produced while sober. In a press release, Jennifer Clavin said that writing these songs while sober became somewhat of a spiritual experience. I had to let go, trust the process, and allow an energy beyond my control to be present. I listened to that whole record uh, what a fantastic record! and amazing video
1: shot from this last record for Bleached. Oh yeah, I mean, wait a minute—they shot a bunch of good ones. Um, living uh, stuck inside a daydream is beautiful, but then didn't they also did then, then hard to kill? And um, there's another one that that is a takeoff on the pool scene from Boogie Nights, right? And
0: and that is escaping me right now. I what think that, that one. I think that that's hard. is that hard to
1: kill? That might also be hard to kill. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, the thing I remember about hard to kill is the the nighttime kind of neon stuff that they do, but that might also be part of it. Or it, have you it, seen it, them live? No, this is what's driving me crazy. I got into them right when I was really doing a lot of touring. So I was always like, whenever I go into Frankie's, like, Hey, bleach just doing a show. I'm like, I'm out of town. Like it was so heartbreaking for me. Um, and then of course, The pandemic happened. However, um, I did do a little thing with them that I don't want to talk about yet. That hasn't come out yet because everything got shut down by the pandemic, but we did it all remotely. Um, They are as charming and brilliant as you would imagine them to be. Um, And but no, I have not gotten to see them live. I would I would love that. That's the first the minute they start announcing live shows. I'm going to go, you know, because now I'm home for a while. I hope they do something this summer, please. Well, I, um, I,
0: I haven't looked at the full list, uh, but I, they would be ridiculous for the crazy new wave festival. That's happening at the Rose bowl in May of 2022 with Morrissey, Blondie, yeah. uh, Bauhaus was supposed to play last year, but that got pushed echo and the bunny the psychedelic furs, everyone on one bill. Uh, they would be perfect for that. Um, But yeah, and they're hilarious too. They seem like they're like hilarious girls.
1: They're really, really cool. And, you know, I talked to them on Zoom. They've got amazing senses of humor. They are beyond charming. Like they're just, you cannot believe how charming and fun they are. And also they're just, they're just brilliant songwriters. They're brilliant songwriters. They just, their song craft is so strong. Um, Yeah, they're, they're just, in my opinion, they are the best band working right now. Just, Amazing. Just, period.
0: Uh, I, I, I'm i at that Gen X age where um, super talented young people who have figured out how to navigate this city uh, anger me. Uh, so that's a that's a topic for therapy. Why can't I just be happy when other people find success and other yeah. people are very good at
1: executing what they do in an awesome way? Oh, their new single, Stupid Boys, is out, which I got to hear in early cut of it's now on spotify it's on apple music it's at the itunes store it's on deezer it's again another great um acidic nasty but so catchy so fun uh just the best brand new yeah it came out in october of 2020 but you know yeah it's uh brand new to me and i love it anything released during the
0: pandemic is just released during the pandemic
1: yeah also at christmas they did it. cover of jingle bells that i forgot to mention that is so again so warm and catchy and fun oh my god um
0: all right people you've you've just been given the Patton oswald recommendation for bleached
1: oh um kiss you goodbye is the video that is is the looks like boogie nights
0: gotcha right they're wow. in some sort of cool person backyard situation that's maybe an echo park young people having fun making drinks Holy Christ, dude, you have blessed me with your time this morning. We're doing a morning show, by the way, people. It's yeah, we are doing a 9 o'clock the in the morning. Um, I haven't even had my down and dirty huevos rancheros yet. Uh, Patton is sitting in a wonderful situation where it looks like he's in an AMC theater in Burbank. <laughs> he's either at the AMC 16 or the AMC
1: 8. Uh, I, I broke into the Relax Your Back <laughs> warehouse. I'm just sitting in some of their chairs right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything,
0: I mean, that you would like to promote for the two people that, uh, that listen to this podcast regularly?
1: Oh, dude. well, um, the show that I narrate Penguin Town, the documentary show about lovable penguins in Cape Town, South Africa is currently, uh, on Netflix and you should watch it cause it will warm your heart and, and God damn it. Go listen to bleached, go get, um, don't you think you've had enough? It, it's you'll it trust me. I I'm very confident and excited to recommend that album or go listen to rise your heart or welcome the welcome the worms. They are all chock full of nothing, but great songs. They're the best
0: new music. Who knew, who knew for an old guy like me. Now I have to go listen to bleached.
1: I know they're the best.
0: <laughs> and now I have to go see them live and be mad that these two super talented ladies are, are kicking butt and getting the Patton Oswald seal of approval. Um, dude, Congratulations to everything! It's it's just a glorious time to soak in everything that is Patton Oswald. Modoc's amazing. The last Netflix special was amazing. Cool. Uh, Gene Villapique is a friend of mine in real life.
1: I know AP Bio is coming down the pike. Can't wait for Gene that. Villapique rules. W- one of the fastest and and smartest improvisers I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, she, she's a she is a Jedi. Yeah. yeah. So she hey. Really
0: is. Fuck you, Improv Olympic, for going out of business and denying Gene oh. Villapique a, a regular stage. Oh boom. Yeah, boom. Uh, Patton, thank you, thank you, thank you. And to the rest of you, thank you so much for listening, liking, subscribing. So many great guests coming down the pike. Uh, and of course, the Brando cast is produced by Mr. Richard Sheltinga. So until the next time, cats and kittens.